0: Welcome to the podcast of The Vine Church in Fullerton, California. For more information, visit TheVineOC.com.
1: Well, hey, good morning again to everyone streaming with us online. Again, we're just so glad you could join us this morning. We're going to turn now to look at God's Word together because we believe that through his word, that God wants to speak to us, that he wants to encourage us. And so we're gonna to turn to his word now. And today we have a special guest joining us. I've invited my dear friend, Garrett Jones, to share the message today. Garrett is the lead pastor of Vintage Church LA, a close sister church of ours. And we partner in different things. For example, right now we're joining together for Alpha Online. And uh, Garrett is also the regional leader of our family, of churches, and beyond that, he's just an amazing pastor and leader and friend. And so actually, I've been wanting to have Gary join us and guest preach for a long time, but now because of this new online reality that's finally possible. And so I'm just so excited to have him here with us today. And he's bringing an important message today on the blessing of gratitude. And I think it's a timely word for this moment that we're in. And so just, again, excited to have him with us. And so I know you're gonna be blessed. But Let me pass it over now to Gare.
0: Hey Vine community, great to be with you today. My name is Gare. I'm the senior pastor at Vintage Church in LA. And like you, we're in our home. And we've got some friends, Larry the Llama. Um, He joins us every week as as I preach here. Uh, Larry with two L's, of course. And then Poe, if you know Poe. Sir Peter Rabbit, Pathfinder from Apex. And uh, got dear connections with friends in India, so to remember them and uh, miss them, got my India candle. But uh, it is a great delight to be here together to study God's Word. And we're going to look at Colossians chapter 1 and look at the theme of the blessing of gratitude. The blessing of gratitude. So if you have your Bibles, let's turn to Colossians chapter 1 and we're going to begin in verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus... By the will of God. And Timothy, our brother. To God's holy people in Colossae, the faithful brothers and sisters in Christ. Grace and peace to you from God our Father. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. Because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all God's people. The faith and love that spring from the hope stored up for you in heaven and about which you have already heard in the true message of the gospel that has come to you. In the same way, the gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world, just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and truly understood God's grace. You learned it from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on our behalf and who also told us of your love in the Spirit. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and and understanding that the Spirit gives, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behaviour. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight, without blemish, and free from accusation. We'll be looking this morning at the blessings of gratitude. The blessings of gratitude. Paul begins his letter with gratitude. Just to understand the context here of Paul writing this letter, Paul is in lockdown. He is in house arrest in the city of Rome. Around AD 60 he was arrested and for two years he was stranded and stuck and isolated in his home, chained to a Roman guard awaiting his trial. He couldn't go outside, he couldn't go for a walk, he couldn't go to Trader Joe's. Um, Many people think I work for Trader Joe's with these t-shirts, which I see as a huge compliment. Uh, But he couldn't go anywhere. He was locked in like we are right now. He couldn't go outside. And yet in that suffering, in that lockdown, in that pain of having to stay in his house, awaiting trial, Paul begins his letter with gratitude. He says, I always thank God for you. He then goes on to say, I pray that you also may be thankful. In chapter 2, he says, one of the marks of being a Christian is to overflow with thankfulness. He then says in chapter 3 that we are to be thankful in all circumstances, that we are to worship with thankful hearts. And in chapter 4, as he ends his letter, he says that we are to devote ourselves to prayer and be thankful. Paul knew that there was something about gratitude something special that God has given us in the practice of gratitude. And what we're going to see today, that there is a blessing in gratitude, that when we are grateful, we do it to express our thanks and love to others, but also paradoxically, in doing so, God blesses us. It is a means of grace to you and to me. It's the source of God's blessing in your life. This is why gratitude has been a core practice of the church. All the way through the Old Testament, in the life of Jesus, in the life of the early church, and all through church history, gratitude is a central practice of the people of God. In all circumstances. When we're thankful, we see that we are blessed emotionally. Paul, in verse 12, links gratitude to joy. He says in verse 12, may you be filled with joy, always giving thanks to the Father. That's why gratitude has been called the parent virtue or the gateway virtue. That when you are grateful, it opens the door. It gives birth to the virtues of joy and peace and endurance and patience in your life. You know, as well as I do, without gratitude, it's so easy to look at our suffering, to look at our lockdown, to look at our circumstances, and we slide down kind of the chute of disappointment and depression and anger and comparison or resentment or bitterness or revenge or worry. It's so easy to slide down that chute, that slide. But with gratitude, we find that we open the door To joy and peace and hope and endurance. That gratitude gives birth to emotional health. Not only emotional health, it gives birth to physical health. Study after study has shown that gratitude leads to physical well-being stronger relationships, better sleep, lower blood pressure, fewer trips to the doctor, fewer depressive symptoms and on and on and on it goes that particularly in lockdown when I don't know about you but it feels like I'm actually suffering physically that gratitude is the key to physical well-being. It's also the key to spiritual well-being. Jesus shows us in Luke's gospel that gratitude is the means of God's blessing in your life. Remember the story in Luke 17 of uh, 10 lepers who were healed by Jesus and one of them came back to say thank you and through that thanksgiving it was a means of a further blessing from Jesus. Gratitude opens the door to God's blessing in your life. It's actually not something that we do when the circumstances are rosy, when the circumstances have worked out well. But actually, God gives us the gift of gratitude to bless us as we walk through difficult circumstances. Gratitude is a means of God's blessing in your life. So how do we be grateful? How does Paul have the capacity to be grateful in suffering? I just want to firstly say what Paul is not doing. What gospel gratitude is not See, gospel gratitude, Paul's gratitude is not about diminishing pain or avoiding it. It's what I call uh, Monty Python gratitude. <laughs> if you've ever seen the Monty Python films, where great uh, phrases like things could be worse, or always look on the bright side of life, or uh, it's just a flesh wound. And you can, if you don't know what I'm talking about, go away and watch the Monty Python films. But there's this theme of when you're suffering just avoid it or diminish it and then you'll be happy but of course the opposite happens when you avoid pain or diminish it it actually damages your emotional and physical and spiritual health no Paul is not talking about gratitude by avoidance or diminishing he's talking about gospel gratitude gospel gratitude in the circumstances in all circumstances not despite the circumstances and what we're going to see is Paul finds gratitude in three directions he finds gratitude in the past in the present and the future specifically what God has done in the past what God is doing in the present and what God is doing and will do in the future firstly we see that gratitude Paul finds gratitude for what God has done in the past. Paul explodes with gratitude for what God has done in the past. In verse 12, he says, I want you to be encouraged. I want you to give thanks. I want you to realize how much God has done for you that you may overflow with gratitude. He says, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. And he goes on and on and on about all the amazing things God has done for them and for you and for me. And he says, this will spark overflowing gratitude in the trials, in the suffering, in the lockdown. I don't know about you, but so often when we're struggling... I suffer from a disease called spiritual amnesia, spiritual amnesia, where I forget all that God has done. I look at the circumstances and all I can think about is what God hasn't done. And my prayers about certain things haven't been answered. But Paul says, begin with gratitude for all that God has done. How much he has already blessed us. To think through that Jesus has come in the flesh to die for you and for me, to forgive you and for me, to pay the price for sin for you and for me, to die the death that we deserve, that we might receive the life that we don't. That he is with us and he's promised to never leave us. See, all of these things that Jesus has already done for us. And if you look back at your life, it's not just these spiritual truths, but it's the reality of them. You look back over your life and go... Absolute, I can see the fingerprints of God all over my past. And when we remind ourselves of what God has done for us when we're in lockdown, we find this wellspring of gratitude, giving birth to joy and peace in our lives. It's why the psalmist in Psalm 103 verse 5 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul and forget not all of his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeemed your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. This is what God has done for us. Resist the disease of spiritual amnesia and tap into, hang on a minute, I want to just dwell for a minute and forget not all his benefits. There's an old song that we used to sing growing up in church which had a line in it that said Never let my heart grow cold And I was thinking this week as I was preparing this sermon I felt Lord never let my heart grow cold for all that you have done for me That my heart explodes with gratitude that you saved me that you plucked me out of a one-way one, one way road <laughs> to eternity without him, and he died a death that he might rescue me, that I am forgiven. Let this be real to me, not just... It's real for Paul, he's writing it, and he's going, this is real, guys, don't ever forget what God has done for you. I remember a few years ago now, I was, quite a lot, quite a few hours, only 17, so it's at least three years ago. <laughs> um, and I was 17, and we were singing a song that had a line in it, I'm forgiven. Very simple. I'm forgiven, I'm forgiven. And that was the chorus, I'm forgiven. And you can sing that, and we can say that, and we can uh, encourage each other with it. And it felt like, yeah, sure, totally, that's a good truth. Absolutely. But the Holy Spirit suddenly, in that moment, in that worship song, in that church service, took that truth from here to here and exploded it in my life. He, he gave me a revelation of how much I've been forgiven, of what it meant to be forgiven, of what the cost was for Jesus to forgive me. It's what Paul writes in here. That he says, I pray that you might have sp- the wisdom of the Spirit, that the Spirit drops it from here to here. And I remember that worship service. I could not stop worshiping shouting dancing because I was forgiven and I was running around going I'm forgiven I'm forgiven and people couldn't understand for weeks later it was just I'm forgiven I was so overwhelmed with joy because I was forgiven and the gratitude in my heart that I'm forgiven and what he did for me to forgive me the cost he paid to forgive me this is how much God loves me and I'm forgiven past present and future I'm forgiven and even now I'm looking at the camera thinking, you probably think I'm crazy. That, I, that this is just a truth that we learned in Sunday school. But the Holy Spirit exploded it in my life. And to this day, when that happened, it did something permanent in my heart. That whatever's going on in the circumstances around me, I've got to say, I can just like open up this little well in my heart and suddenly go, oh, I'm forgiven. I'm forgiven. And I can just start worshipping. Is what Paul says, giving thanks that he's qualified me to share in the inheritance of the kingdom of light. Oh Lord, never let our hearts grow cold. Never let our hearts be dull to what you, the great God Almighty, have done for us. Gratitude in lockdown comes as we look at what God has done for us in the past. Maybe you can this week, just or even now, get pen and paper and just say, you know what, Holy Spirit, remind me, explode in my heart what you've done for me. That I am actually not tossed and turned by the waves of what seemingly hasn't been done yet, but I am buoyant with what you've done. And my heart is full of gratitude and praise and joy. Look at what God's done for you in the past. Secondly, it's not just looking at the past, it's looking at the present. Paul is full of gratitude because of what God is doing in the present. It's so strange because in the present, it seems like circumstances are terrible. He's in lockdown. He's a church planter. He can't travel around. He's thinking, oh no, my ministry's over. My life's over. He was awaiting a trial which could have meant his execution. But Paul doesn't look at the present and see disaster. He doesn't look at the present and just see, well, God's purposes and my life are over. But actually, he gives thanks. And through gratitude, he starts to see what God is doing. He says in verse 5, I always thank God, which means I'm continually thanking God when I'm praying for you because I've heard of your faith in Jesus Christ. I've heard of what God's doing in your church. Colossae was a city um, about 100 miles east from Ephesus. Paul had never been to this church. He preached for three years in Ephesus. A man there called Epaphras was converted and went home to his town in Colossae to plant the church. Paul had never been there. And now Paul is hundreds of miles in in the other direction in Rome. And he's hearing about the vibrancy of the faith of this young church he's never been to. He's hearing about the vibrancy of what they're doing and witnessing and other people coming to know Jesus Christ. It's incredible. He's going, oh my word, I'm in lockdown. But the gospel's not in lockdown. The gospel is advancing. The gospel is changing lives. The gospel is healing and redeeming people. And even in his own circumstances, he can thank God that even in lockdown, God is using the lockdown to advance the gospel. He's using the lockdown To see Paul's ministry expand in in a different way. Paul, I don't know this, but I'm pretty sure of this. Without lockdown, Paul would never be writing these letters that we have today in our Bible. He was an activist. He was fidgety. He was on the move all the time. We don't have any letters of when he wrote, when he was even preaching for two, three years in, the, in Ephesus. The letters we have are mostly when he was in lockdown. In other words, God had to go, you know, I'm going to use this time of pause, that like you think is pause, confinement. Because I want to use you in a different way. I want to use you that actually in surprising ways, that it takes lockdown to expand your ministry in this way. Paul was grateful, with gratitude, that God was in the suffering, using it and turning it for good. Using it and turning it to write letters, to train up Epaphras, to mentor him, to go back to Colossae to preach the gospel there. I don't know if Paul hadn't faced lockdown, if he could have heard even heard from Epaphras. Paul could have been in Spain, that was his hope. But because of the lockdown, God was using it to encourage the church in Colossae, to encourage Epaphras, this church planter, and to encourage us with writing these letters that would be part of the Holy Spirit-inspired canon of the New Testament. See, gratitude of what God is doing in the moment starts to overwhelm you with joy and thanksgiving and peace. You see, without gratitude, we look at our circumstances in a limited way. We look at our circumstances and just see the perceived loss. That's what I can do. I can go, oh, I had these plans, now I can't do them. And I get disappointed, and I get frustrated, and I get depressed, or whatever it is. But with gratitude, it's like God says, I want you to see through gratitude that there's more than meets the eye in this lockdown. There's more than meets the eye. That I'm doing something that you will only be able to see when you start to turn on gratitude in your life. When you start to say, God, I want to thank you for actually what you're going to do in this situation. And you start to see the fingerprints of God, not just in your past, but in your present. Romans 8:28, we say it a lot. Where we say, we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. I don't know, but I sometimes don't like that verse. Because I would prefer God just to actually deliver me from pain instantaneously. And work good in my life without pain. But that is not how God works. God has defeated sin, Satan, and death on the cross. But Jesus modeled to us that God actually works through pain and suffering to bring about the beauty and the goodness of the kingdom of God in this world. And he's going to do that in your life and in my life in this lockdown. In Paul's lockdown, in our lockdown, God is working Waymaker. that amazing song says even when we don't see it you're working even when we don't feel it you're working in other words we can be grateful and say you know what I don't see it I don't even feel it but I know you're working because you are God and you are the God of all circumstances that pain in your hands will be for good a seminary professor once told me he said think of this guy. how God uses pain for your good he says think of this imagine a man with a knife who stabs you in the stomach not good that would hurt and there's nothing good about that. But imagine a different man with a knife wanting to cut you open, but this time he's not a thief or a robber, he's actually a surgeon. Same knife, same pain, but he's cutting you open because he wants to actually get out something that is destroying you inside. He wants to cut out that cancer. He wants to cut out that root of problem in your life that actually God is the holy surgeon that uses. He doesn't he's not the author of pain and suffering but he will use it like a surgeon uses a knife to get inside of our lives and dig out the brokenness dig out the cancerous things dig out the things that are holding you back and actually through pain and suffering he brings breakthrough he brings healing he brings renewal into our lives this is what we can be grateful for that God enters into lockdown and says look what I'm going to do with it We may never see fully what God is going to do, but gratitude says, I know and I trust you that you are the holy surgeon in my life, working all things for good. And then finally, gratitude is not only looking past, present, but also looking future. Paul roots his thanksgiving in what God is going to do in the future. It's this amazing hymn in verse 15. He quotes a poem, we think it's a hymn, to encourage them in their thanksgiving to God, where he says the Son is the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. He's renewing all things. He's healing all things. And I love this verse in verse 17, and in him all things hold together. That in times of uncertainty, in times of worry about our future, we should worry if we're in control. Because times like this remind us we don't have much control. But Paul wants them to say, you can give thanks because you're not in control, but God is. In him, all things hold together. That your future is secure. That actually you have a hope and a future because he is in your future. And he is the hope, the guarantee of our lives with him forever. This is the hope that we have—that we can sit down in any circumstance and go. You know what? I am going to focus on gratitude for what God has done for me. I am going to focus on what God is doing now. Not avoiding pain, not diminishing it, but in the pain, through the pain, God's kingdom and His glory and His goodness will be revealed. And I'm going to look to the future, and I'm going to picture for a minute the glorious future that awaits us all, and think that's my future, and I let my heart overflow. With gratitude. This was what Paul did in prison. This is what he did in house arrest. He filled his heart with gratitude. Not grief. He filled his heart with thanksgiving. Not thinking about all that was going wrong. But he knew that God was with him. He had been. He is. And he will always be. So Vintage and the Vine Church who were preaching with today as well I want to encourage you to tap into the power of the practice of gratitude to receive the blessings of gratitude as we choose to be grateful as we choose to practice gratitude how do we do that well very quickly number one choose gratitude gratitude is not a feeling it's a choice if you're going to wait to feel grateful you will always struggle with gratitude gratitude is a choice to fix your mind to set your mind on the goodness of god in your circumstance so number one choose and then secondly practice it practice grow in practicing gratitude we have well-worn grooves of maybe not practicing gratitude and it feels awkward to begin with so set discipline set rhythms that you know what every day i'm going to be grateful every day i'm going to text someone every day i'm going to worship and just say thank you to god thank you to someone i'm just going to start practicing gratitude i right now I have to write down what i'm grateful for because my brain wanders all over the place i'm an overthinker and it wanders all over the place so i have got to write it down I go on a walk in the morning with the dogs and I spend some of that time saying, okay, I'm going to choose to be thankful. And it is so true. It is the gateway virtue. My life and my heart is filled with joy as I remember the good things that God is doing. And I'm going to actually ask you now, maybe to do one thing. And that is before we worship and give thanks to God, I'm going to ask you right now to get out your phone. My phone is filming this right now, so I can't pick it up. But pick up your phone and just take... 20 seconds to go, you know what? I'm going to thank someone. Paul says, I thank God for you. So why don't you just right now pick up your phone and go, hmm, I'm going to text someone and just say, I thank God for you. Maybe be specific, why? (laughs) Um, But it's a recognition of, God, you've put amazing people in my life. You've put friends in my life. You've put encouragers in my life. Every good gift is from above. And so whoever it is right now, just pick up your phone and maybe text someone and just say, I am thankful for you. I thank God for you. I meet with some folks every week and some friends from the past. And it actually was triggered because I thought, God, I'm so thankful for them. And that gratitude triggered me going, hey, let's Zoom them. Let's Zoom together. And it actually brought me out of a period of kind of woe is me and all of a sudden I'm back in relationship with you guys I've lost touch with and I'm so thankful it started with gratitude so let's do that now and then we're going to worship we're going to give thanks to God for all that he's done in the past for what he's doing in the present and what he's going to do in the future let's give thanks to him now let's worship